Welcome to the Top Flight Podcast as we continue our Road to Moscow series. The first game of the 2018 World Cup is in the books. The host nation, Russia, dominating and destroying Saudi Arabia 5-0 at the Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow. I'm Ori Benatar here with Esteban Bailey. Man, Esteban, that was uh, that was pretty surprising to see a win like that. I didn't think Saudi Arabia were that bad. Yeah, it's really crazy because I, I thought this was going to be a, a lower scoring game, like a 0-0 or maybe a 1-0, but Russia really came out of the gate and, like with an impressive performance. My goodness. Yeah, my goodness is right. Saudi Arabia, really a lot of passing that was just errant. They gave the ball away a lot. Around the first half after Russia was up 2-0, Gazinski scoring the first goal of the World Cup, and then uh, Denis Shirasev scoring right before halftime. Shirasev coming on for Alan Zagoev. Saudi Arabia was just losing the ball near the final third, and Russia was only running around man, uh, two-man counterattacks. And I was just thinking, if they had four or five guys running every counterattack, they'd be winning this game 6-7-0. Well, they win 5-0. Denis Shirasev scoring a beautiful outside of the boot shot for the fourth goal before that Artem uh, Dziuba scored the third goal on a header he came on as a sub and then Alexander Golovin with the free kick to end the game who's your man of the match for me it's got to be Golovin yeah I'd say Golovin or maybe I, I honestly I would want to say Denis Sheryshev he was incredible I mean uh, his first goal was pure class. It's amazing. I mean, he did play around Madrid, and it's easy to see why. Uh, it's amazing that he w- he didn't start the game and that he's had a rough couple of years. But clearly, he showed his ability in this in today's game. Yeah, even if Alan Zagoev is all right, it looks like he pulled his hamstring. I would expect Chirishev to start against Egypt. That game will be on June the 19th in St. Petersburg. But yeah, I think Golovin was the best player. He got the goal at the end, nice free kick, uh, two assists. He did get the only yellow card in the game, but Golovin also showing his class. Manchester United have been scouting him, potentially looking into signing him. And a game like this for Golovin definitely helps. Man United definitely probably interested in signing him now. But yeah, Russia 5-0 over Saudi Arabia. Uh, do you think Saudi Arabia loses well, by more I mean, against it, Uruguay? It seems and Egypt? more likely that they're going to lose maybe eight nothing to Uruguay, considering this scoreline. But I don't know. It feels to me that they're going to stop with their tactical system of short passes and trying to contain the have possession throughout the game. Clearly, they they came into this game with the wrong game plan. This is one of the most least technically gifted teams I've ever seen at a World Cup match. And they tried to play like Barcelona, and it makes sense why uh, Russia was able to just completely press them out of the midfield, get turnovers, get into positions that were dangerous, and score just some incredible goals. Honestly, the last two goals of this game were fantastic. I mean, it really got you into the mood of the World Cup, even though it was such a terrible blowout. Yeah, I mean, this game kind of, I think, went above a lot of people's expectations. Back in December, I remember for the draw, it's like, oh my God, Russia and Saudi Arabia, this is the game we're going to have to watch for to start the World Cup. But we got some nice goals. We got some open play from the Russians. This was one of the most open opening matches um, I've ever seen. The other one I can think of is Germany and Costa Rica in 2006. Germany won 4-2. Also a lot of screamers, a lot of goals. Um, This one had five, that one had six. But most of the time when you see a team open up a World Cup, they play in a shell. They're very defensive. They're very conservative. Russia was like, we're just going to go for this. We need to make a statement. This is our home country and we got to win big. They didn't let up when they were up 2-0. They didn't let up when they were up 3-0. Two of their goals came in stoppage time. Three of their goals came from substitutes. So just a dominant performance for the Russians. But what do they need to do now to make it to the round of 16? Because obviously the goal difference factor is going to help them a lot with the five goals. What do they need to do against Egypt in their next game? At this point, they only need a draw against Egypt because five goals is a massive goal difference for the World Cup. 
it's highly unlikely that Egypt will be able to put away Saudi Arabia this easily in the final group game, and it's also unlikely that Egypt will be able to beat Uruguay tomorrow. Clearly, Russia, all they need to do, they, they had the perfect start to their World Cup. As long as they're, they don't drop points to Egypt, and or as long as they don't drop too many points to Egypt, like they don't lose that game, and as long as they are able to put a fight against Uruguay and not lose by too many goals, Russia has a very clear path to the round of 16 now. I was a little bullish on them getting into the round of 16. I thought Egypt had superior talent with Salah, but this result completely changes my perspective on it. I mean, Russia may not be that good of a team. It may be that Saudi Arabia is just that poor of a team, but this is the way to go. I mean, this is how Russia is able is going to get to the round of 16. It's going to take a Herculean effort from Salah to really drag Egypt to the World Cup, and they haven't even played a game yet. So this is this is great for Russia and really bad for Egypt. Yeah, the day really belonging to Russia. They show themselves to the world with that opening ceremony, uh, Vladimir Putin and Gianni Infantino speaking. Uh, did you catch Robbie Williams flipping off the camera during the opening ceremony? I did. First off, that's one of the worst opening ceremonies I've ever seen. I've been watching the World Cup for almost a, for more than a decade now, and my goodness, that was just awful. And whew, that that flip off was I I felt like it was going to be indicative of the kind of tournament we were going to get. But thankfully, the play on the field was a little more fun and a little more open. Because my goodness, was that cheesy and boring. Yeah, it was pretty bad. You know the World Cup starts when you see the opening ceremonies, people dressed like foliage and soccer balls. I don't think I saw anybody dressed up as foliage, but everyone was dressed up as a soccer ball. I've never seen that many generic soccer balls in one stadium at once. It was it was pretty weird, but uh, the the soccer is what we care about. The matches is what we care about, and we got, a, we got quite a route to open up the World Cup. 5 nothing Russia win over Saudi Arabia, but now we look forward to the weekend ahead. Tomorrow, we've got three games to look forward to. Egypt and Uruguay will kick it off in Yekaterinburg. Salah against Suarez. That'll be a fun matchup. Then Group B play kicks off tomorrow with Morocco taking on Iran and St. Petersburg. And then the big one, Portugal and Spain in Sochi. Obviously, Spain making headlines yesterday. Julian Lopetegui fired by the Spanish uh, Football Association. Fernando Hierro, the new head coach of Spain. I personally don't feel like Spain is going to capitulate and just turn into this team that can't win the World Cup. But a lot of people are reacting like, oh, there's no way Spain can win the World Cup. They might not even win the group. So what should Portugal do, Esteban, to really take advantage of this chaos that Spain has been under for the last two days? Well, it's clear that both teams have had struggles in the opening matches of World Cups. I mean, in 2014, both Spain and Portugal lost their first games against Germany and Netherlands, uh, respectively. I'm very curious to see how Spain is going to respond. I was very excited about the Spanish team. I thought they were going to win the World Cup. I was very, I I mean, I just recently wrote an article on the top flight, you should read it, about why I don't think Spain can win it anymore because this manager change is so sudden that no team in world football could ever recover from this. Now, this game takes on an even extra importance to this group because if Spain does not beat Portugal... Spain might not even get out of this group. I mean, it's it's really clear because if they're not able to have the mentality or the winning spirit to get past this manager change and this just crazy scandal that's happening, then it really might affect their entire World Cup. And on Portugal's side, they this is perfect for them because now they know that Spain is going to have to go after them and Portugal is going to do what they're best at, which is hold, 
make sure they don't score, and counterattack with Cristiano Ronaldo and Bernardo, Bernardo Silva. I mean, this is perfect for Portugal. I, I can't even imagine a more perfect scenario for Portugal than Spain not being properly prepared for this World Cup and not being prepared for this first game. In fact, I, I'm starting to... I'm being a little... I'm one of those people that's starting to think that Spain might capitulate in this World Cup. I don't know if they will. I personally don't think so because Fernando Hierro comes in. He's not going to change the tactics. He knows all the players and how they play you know, very closely because he's been working with the Spanish FA. He's obviously a Real Madrid legend too, and a lot of the Spanish players do play for Real Madrid. And he probably knows a lot about the Barcelona players too, You know, the likes of Gerard Pique and Andres Iniesta. So I just think that Spain's style is going to stay similar. They're going to have that, like you wrote in your article, that possession style with the press that Lopetegui adapted for Spain and how they were undefeated for the 20 games he managed. And I think they're going to keep that. I also personally think that Iran and Morocco aren't good enough teams to to beat Spain, even if they didn't have a manager. Even if they had 10, even if Spain had 10 players on the field, I think Spain would still beat Morocco and Iran. I think Morocco now has a better chance of beating Spain, but I still think Spain will win that game. And I do not think Iran has any chance of beating Spain. So for those three games tomorrow, um, give me some quick picks for those. So Uruguay and Egypt, what do you got? I think uh, Uruguay is going to win. However, just because of such a strange result that we got today, that tends to translate to the rest of the World Cup. I'm worried that we might get a blowout, that Uruguay just might play Egypt off the field, and Salah might not be 100%. But I'm going to go with a conservative pick. I think Uruguay wins 2-1. Uh, Suarez and maybe uh, Vecino or Torreira gets a goal from the midfield. And then either Salah or Elneny gets a goal for Egypt. Yeah, I've got a 2 nothing win for Uruguay. I think it'll be a comfortable win. I think this is the game where Diego Godin and Jose Jimenez are really going to shine. They're going to play really good defensively against Mohamed Salah. So I'll go 2 nothing Uruguay. For the two Group B games, I'm actually picking two draws. I've got a nil-nil for Morocco and Iran. I just think it'll be you know a very slow game, very dull game. Iran's very good defensively. Mehdi Benesha is going to play really well for Morocco. And I don't think Hakim Zayic and Abu Taib are going to be able to get past that Iranian defense. So nil-nil for that. And I do think that Portugal and Spain will be a one one all draw. A lot of the times when these big teams play in the group stage, you know, last World Cup, it was a completely different story. We saw a ton of goals. You know, Spain lost to Holland 5-1. Germany beat Portugal 4-0. France beat Switzerland 5-2. I think this time we'll see a little bit more conservative games and we'll see not too many goals. I'll go 1-1 Portugal-Spain for that game. So for Morocco-Iran, I actually think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game. Uh, I expected a 0-0 result or a 1-0 result for the Russia-Saudi Arabia game because I thought these are two defensive-minded teams. However, when these two teams desperately need points in order to get that second-place spot, so they both knew it, so they both went out to try to get the points. Russia obviously showed their superior quality, so they were able to really blow away Saudi Arabia. And I kind of I expect something similar in the Morocco-Iran game. However, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I would say it's more of a 3-1 victory for Morocco. I think Morocco has a lot of talent that uh, is kind of being underrepresented right now by the general media. I think their European-based players are really good, I think, and they're going to be able to break down the Iranian defense because I think Iran is going to try to be more expansive because they have more attacking players, and that might threaten them uh, at the back. For the Spain-Portugal game, I think a draw would be very helpful for the Spanish, uh, not helpful for the Portuguese. I still don't think that Portugal is going to try to be... Uh, I don't think they're going to try to attack as much as they probably should, so I think you're right. However, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a two-two draw. I think it's gonna be entertaining. I think Spain's gonna get an early lead, which will result in Portugal trying to go for it. However, Spain and, and Spain will concede because you know there are some uh, question marks at the back. Carvajal might not start. 
Pique and Ramos sometimes have some bad days. Also, this distraction with the manager might affect them. And it could be a really entertaining game. I'm hoping for an entertaining game, so I'm going to predict a 2-2 draw. All right, so another draw prediction for that one. Portugal and Spain, really the marquee matchup. That'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe it will be on the Big Fox for all you Americans listening. As now we take a look at day three of the World Cup as we're previewing the entire weekend. Uh, Four-game day. Pretty awesome. Group C and Group D play. We kick off very early in the morning with France and Australia in Kazan. Our first look at Didier Deschamps' side. Then we've got Lionel Messi and Argentina taking on Iceland and Moscow at the Spartak Stadium. Followed by Peru and Denmark. Back to Group C. They're playing in Saransk. A lot of people believe Peru and Denmark are fighting for that second spot in Group C. And then we end Saturday with Croatia and Nigeria in Kaliningrad. So out of those four matchups, Esteban, which one are you most excited for? I'm most excited for Peru-Denmark. I think you're right that it's a second-place matchup. I think Peru is going to come in there with a lot of emotion after getting their captain back, and I think that Christian Eriksen is going to try to win the game all by himself, which we should make for an extremely entertaining game. Similar styles, different kinds of talent, but it's South American against European. That's always a fun matchup in the World Cup. I think we're going to get a great matchup there. I agree. I think Peru and Denmark is going to be the most exciting game of the day, but the one I cannot wait for is Argentina and Iceland. I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of Argentina we see. Obviously, their warm-up matchup for the World Cup was canceled in Israel. Argentina did not get a chance to show off to the world right before the tournament uh, what the how good they are because the last of we saw of Argentina in a competitive mode, you know, they lost a friendly to Spain, but they were not playing well in qualification. They needed the last day to qualify. And then you've got an Iceland team who's as hot as ever they played so well in european qualifying everyone's excited to see them play their first ever world cup game i cannot wait to see argentina play iceland for me that's the game i cannot wait for i believe it's going to be at 9 a.m eastern standard so uh let's start let's just do some quick score predictions for this one i'll get i'll get us started france beats australia 3-1 they'll dominate that game i do think argentina will beat iceland 2-1 i think messi will get a goal in that game and argentina will kind of show everyone that they are still worthwhile they're still a worthwhile contender in this tournament. I've got a 2-2 draw between Peru and Denmark. I think that game is going to be the best of Saturday. And then I'll go with a conservative 1-0 win for Croatia over Nigeria. So for France-Australia, I'll pick a 2-0 win for France. It should be comfortable. There might It might not be as much of a blowout as uh, French fans want, but it should still be good. Argentina-Iceland, I'm going to go with a 1-0 Argentina win. I think Argentina is going to struggle against the defense. But again, I think Messi's going to do what he does and just break down the defense with one killer pass or one amazing golazo from outside the box. Peru-Denmark, I'm going to go with Peru. I think they're going to win 2-1. It's going to be an uh, extremely dramatic and uh, pretty tense game throughout the end. I think Peru gets a 90-minute type of winner. And Nigeria-Croatia, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw. I think Nigeria and Croatia are going to play themselves uh, basically even, even though Croatia should uh, play them better because they have more talent. But I think Nigeria is going to be able to uh, even if they get punched early in the game, they're going to come back and uh, push it to the Croatians. So 1-1. One, one. Man, you are so high on... I mean, you're high on Peru and I'm high on Croatia, but man, you, you're you all in on Peru. You're like... I think they're gotta, really good. Gotta, I, they are really good, but I think Croatia's better. Well, Croatia is better. And maybe, you know, if they play each other in the second round, which is possible, I guess, uh, we'll see which one of us is correct. But I, I, I think that uh, Peru, they just play with the kind of spirit that's necessary for a World Cup, more so than Croatia. There's a lot of problems in the camp, and there's a lot, been a lot of problems at home with legal troubles with Modric. And I, I just I think it's going to affect them because that always affects teams at the camp. That's why I'm a little bullish on Spain. So it happens. 
it does happen. A full Saturday of soccer. And then uh, the day after that, day four, Father's Day. Celebrate the day with your dad by watching three World Cup games, kicking off with Costa Rica and Serbia in Samara. Then the World Champions get started against Mexico at Luzhniki Stadium in Moscow. And then in Rostov-on-Don at the Rostov Arena, Brazil makes their World Cup debut against Switzerland. Which team is more likely to have a big win that day, Brazil or Germany? I think Brazil. I think Brazil is the like most likely the best team at this tournament anyways. And I also think they're very well prepared for this tournament. And it feels to me that they're going to come in here and just, <laughs> they're going to open up a can of, uh, <laughs> you know what they say. So I think it's going to be pretty good. I think Brazil is going to do really well. And I don't think, I don't think Mexico is going to capitulate as easily uh, to Germany in this game. Yeah, I think I think Mexico will have a tough time against Germany, but Switzerland tends to not play well against good teams. Switzerland had a tough time against Argentina. Sure, they held them to a goal, which came in the 118th minute, but Switzerland got absolutely destroyed by France in 2014 in the group stage. I think Brazil is in for, for a big, big win against the Swiss, and I do think Germany is in also for a pretty big win against Mexico. I think Mexico's best players are all up front. Herving Lozano, Javier Hernandez, Giovanni Dos Santos, they don't face defenses like Germany's. Germany with Jonas Hector, Jerome Boateng, Mats Hummels, and uh, Joshua Kimmich, probably going to be the starting back line. They don't face defenses like that. I mean, that just that center back pairing of Boateng and Hummels, it might be the best in the tournament. It might be better than Godin and Jimenez, despite the fact that Godin and Jimenez, well, Boateng and Hummels play for the same club too. They play for Bayern. So yeah, Boateng and Hummels is the best center back pairing at the World Cup. No question about that. Um, but We'll start the predictions off Costa Rica-Serbia. I've got a one-all draw in that game. I think that'll be an interesting match. Tactically, it's going to be um, very fun to watch. I think Costa Rica is going to be very organized. And then you're going to have Serbia just flying around with their tall players and heading the ball like crazy. There's going to be a lot of hard tackles in that game. Then I got a 3-0 win for Germany, and I got a 4-1 win for Brazil. So I think Costa Rica-Serbia, I think you're right with the 1-1 draw. I'm going to go with that. Uh, my heart tells me that Costa Rica will eventually win that game, maybe 1-0 or 2-1, but I think 1-1 is a safe bet for that. Uh, for Brazil, Switzerland, or uh, let me let me go with Germany, Mexico, I th- honestly think that it's going to be a... I'm going to go with a 1-0 victory for Germany. I think Mexico is going to put up a good fight, but it's going to be like USA in 2014. Either Müller or Cruz is going to hit a goal, and that's going to be the end of that. And for Brazil-Switzerland, I'm going to say Brazil wins 3-0. I don't think Switzerland puts up a big fight, and that's going to be the end of that for them. I don't think they're going to do well at this tournament anyway, so... One thing worth mentioning about Germany, in their last two World Cup openers, they've actually won 4 nothing. And actually, in their last three World Cup openers, they've scored four goals in each one because they scored four against Costa Rica in 06. They won 4 nothing against Australia and South Africa in Durban. And, of course, they beat Portugal in Salvador in 2014 4-0. So the stats say Germany's going to win. And then what happened in 2002? They beat Saudi Arabia 8 nothing. So Germany's guaranteed to score a lot of goals in opening games, it seems like. It seems like. But I think Mexico, they're going to they're gonna play with a lot of pride. They're going to play... They don't want to get 4-0'd. If they get 4-0'd, their tournament is effectively over. They need to play really hard, and they're going to need to try to make sure that Germany doesn't embarrass them so they have a chance for the rest of the group. Yeah, and I think if Mexico does get to, does have a bad loss to Germany, then South Korea might have a chance to beat Mexico because a lot of the times we see Mexico, they play worse against worse opposition and against better opposition. They play, they play up to their competition. So we'll have to see what the Mexicans do on the Father's Day Sunday. Again, if you do not remember the schedule for how we're doing it during the tournament, we're going to be posting podcasts every Thursday and Sunday throughout the month of the World Cup. 
Make sure to tune in to hear Esteban. Who do you have with you, Esteban, for Sunday? I think I'm going to have uh, Desi Pancham, who's a Costa Rica fan, so we can talk about that. I believe we're also going to have some of our Brazilian riders. Uh, Gabriel Coelho, I think, is going to come on. And I believe John Patrick might come on because I think England is either playing on Monday or that Sunday. So, Wow, it's going to be a full, full show on Monday. I will be having a Mahith Gamaj, uh, resident Arsenal fan. Of the, well, one of the resident Arsenal fans because you're an Arsenal fan too. Yes, I am. Of the top flight. Um, I think Mahith is a little more vocal about it because I, I, all the time on Twitter, he's basically saying how... He only talks about Arsenal players most well, of the time. Mahith and I, I would get it. along if we talk more about Arsenal. If if I I need to get on more podcasts with him, and then we can we could really get into my Arsenal fandom. Right. So I'll be back on Thursday. You can hear Esteban on Sunday. That will be our next podcast. But thanks for tuning into this one. The World Cup is underway. Russia kills Saudi Arabia five nothing. Make sure to continue listening to our Road to Moscow series here on the Top Flight Podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.